Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 19 of Licensed to Car Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Gekiso Sentai Car Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listener. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm fine. Oh, you sound, you sound, uh, I can't tell if you sound extra fine or not quite fine enough. Well, you know, it's that silver lining situation, Matt, where... Uh, personally, feeling a little... I actually feel mostly okay. I'm just a little bit scratchy. But it's doing good things for the old the old instrument, Matt. Very nice. Well, I listeners, I hope you are all uh, looking forward to enjoying the, uh, the, the fruits of Dave's uh, illness here. Normally, I can't think of a good reason why one would uh, enjoy the fruit yeah, of another person's a weird illness. Way to, illness. I'm not sure uh, why you know, it's we that exist. Way, Listen, our relationship is very narrow. You know, like it sort of only covers it only covers us speaking and people listening. So occasionally they respond. No, it's it's lovely. Occasionally they respond because sometimes they send us things. Yeah, it's wonderful. Anyway, anyway, that's not what we meant to get bogged in at down in. Uh, Dave, we're having a, a nice mid afternoon weekday record. Because uh, today is Memorial Day. It Happy is. Memorial Day. Uh, and that's great. But you know what else is great? Episode 19 of Car Ranger. It is called The Hit and Run Girl of Love. But before we get into that, Dave, it's always shining in the heavens. There are five stars. Would you like to hear what our first star of the week is? Yeah, and even though I can see the list, it doesn't mean anything to me. Okay. So... Uh, Okay, the the first thing on the list is a video game, and the, t- okay. and the title of the video game is Baba Is You. Now, oh, okay, I well, now the title, I, what I'm seeing written down makes more sense now, a little bit. Okay, so this is a puzzle game, and here is how it works. Uh, I got it yesterday, and I'm still very excited about it. Because I haven't quite hit the hall, like the wall of where the puzzle game gets too difficult for me, and I have to like, oh, okay. like yeah, start jump. looking up answers to things and like feeling badly about myself. So Got I'm still it. in that zone where the puzzle game is making me feel very smart because I'm figuring out the puzzles. Cool. So the way that it works is that each individual level has like a set of rules to it. Okay. And the but all of the words within those rules are like tiles that can be pushed around on the screen and rearranged to like reset the rules of the reality of that puzzle whoa okay so so the reason that the game is called baba is you is that there's like a little like sheep or rabbit or something called baba and like okay in most of the levels one of the like first rules that is there is that baba is you but if you manage to like find like another block that has the name of a noun in it you can like go over and push it over and like replace the word baba with the word like key or star and then once key is you if there is a key on the screen then it moves around as you 
okay. And then, and like, it kind of goes from there. And so the whole thing is just this series of like weird, like, it's like a logic puzzle that is also a tile pushing puzzle. It's really cool. Okay, that does look really cool. I hopped up on Wikipedia to check it out, and it's by a Finn. Okay, like and someone from a, Finland. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. As a as a, as opposed to just like a fish's fin. Yeah, a fin from Finland. I don't know, man. I just wanted to clarify. And that's just, no, that that makes sense. Um, someone from Finns, Ireland named Finn. Well, that would be a Finn. No, that's yeah. Okay, you're right. I got you. Um. So yeah, that would make sense because Finns are, are unusual people. They're all wizards. Everybody knows this. Dave, I'm not sure that everyone knows this. Have we not talked about this on this show before? How all Finns are wizards? All Finns are wizards. I do. I mean, you and I have talked about it in life before. Do you want to explain it for the perhaps curious listener who is wondering why you are claiming that everyone in Finland is a wizard? Sure. Now, first of all, I will say that if you know anybody from Finland, this is not, you won't be confused at all. Um, and so anyway, sorry, in, in like old uh, Norse, like Norse mythology, specifically like Norwegian mythology, there was a period of time, this is not a joke, there was a period of time where it was illegal, it was against the law to believe in Finns because, as the logic goes, um... All Finns are wizards. You are not allowed to believe in wizards because the church says that there are no wizards. And so, therefore, rather than admit that perhaps all Finns are not wizards, you simply are not allowed to believe in Finns because they're all wizards. Seems um, and you know what? It's that sort of a logic string that I think really is well reflected in the video game Baba Is You. It's yeah, it is. Uh and it, it's very fun. It is on the Nintendo Switch. It might be on other platforms. I highly recommend at least the first like 2 hours of it. Well, uh if I get a chance, I'll check it out. That sounds really cool. Uh Dave, what is our second star of the week? So, our second star of the week is I read just the, like one of the most bonkers stories I've ever seen and I just needed to share it. Sure. So, there is a dude and his name is Les Wexner. And if you've never heard of him, um, that's not super surprising unless you work in like the fashion industry. And Les Wexner owns a number of very well-known uh, fashion brands. He owns uh, Victoria's Secret. He owns The Limited. Does he own I The only Limited know about, too? I presume he would also own The Limited too. No, I, I am surprised, I can... Dave, because I genuinely assumed that all those things were owned by Jeff Bezos. Uh, listen, I cannot confirm that Les Wexner himself is not owned by Jeff Bezos. Now, we've got two options here, Dave. Is Les Wexner owned by Jeff Bezos, or is he an alter ego of Jeff Bezos, who has been constructed uh, and fabricated entirely for the purpose of owning a couple of different companies? Well, I think it would probably be the first, because Les Wexner is much older than Jeff Bezos. Well, I mean, that's the constructed fiction. When did you first hear of Les Wexner? Well, that's true. I have not heard of him since I only heard of him earlier this week. So it is possible that we have been... I feel like there's a movie reference I could pull here, but I'm I'm not coming up with it. Anyways, so Les Wexner is from Ohio. Oh, so are we. He's from... Well, he's so from, am I. Yes, us too. So 
yeah, I get, technically I was born in Alabama, but I think of myself as being from Ohio. Anyways, so he's from Columbus. And he's a billionaire, okay? And as often billionaires do, he has a hobby. And he is free to sort of pursue that hobby as, as far as he cares to. Because he's got, like, functionally infinite resources. Right. Right? Well, it turns out that Les Wexner's hobby is municipal planning. Really? Yeah. Like, he's real into it. So into it, in fact, that he basically bought a town. How, how large of a town? Well, not a not town. Like, it's not a hamlet. It's not like 10 people. I mean, it is like... It's like a town. It's outside of Columbus. Okay. And and he has basically, like, he has constructed Stepford effectively outside of Columbus. And it's this, like, super intricately, and he lives there. Like, I mean, if you're going to buy a like, town, it would be silly not to live there. Well, it's great because this is very much like a Mr. Burns. Like, he lives there, and he's definitely, like, the richest dude. But it is also, like, it's a really, it's expensive to live there because it's super nice because he won't let anyone build anything that isn't. And so it's like the Hamptons or something, but it's, like, outside of Columbus, which is bizarre for a number of reasons. Right, there's nothing nice right outside of Columbus. Because, first of all, like, I've lived in Columbus. I, it's a great town to live in, but, like, this is not, like, the right sort of space for this. Second of all, like, listen, I love Ohio. Don't, please, like, don't, you know, I know a lot of people don't in Ohio. I am unabashed and, and sincere in my love for, for the state of Ohio. Uh, you know, not that we don't have our problems. But, like, he has constructed, like, this town that requires, like, a quorum of super, super rich people. And Ohio is great, but super rich people, not thick on the ground here. Yeah, they do not tend to gravitate to America's heartland. Yeah. So it's, like, it's just this, and it doesn't look like anything in Ohio. It's this, it's like this sort of, like, neo-Victorian, kind of, like, New Yorky Georgian brownstone thing, um... Like it's 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 completely it's bizarre. It's like he has constructed his own Truman show, like for because he like just like hangs himself, out there, right? Like, he knows it's there. Yeah, like he lives there, and he can just like go to the grocery store. And nobody hassles. I don't know how many people are hassling Les Wexner, anyways, because you know he's not like he's not like Brad Pitt, right? I don't think people are like stopping Les Wexner to like ask for his autograph. But it was just, like, it's just, and he's like not the mayor or anything. Well, like, I mean, not officially. Just, right. Like, technically, he's just a citizen, except he owns it all. <laughs> Man, imagine, <laughs> so, being, imagine being the mayor of like Wexnernia or whatever it's called. Like, because it's got to be you, the best. Like, you are the mayor or the worst because you are the mayor and someone will yell at you if something isn't great. But you know that everything you do, like, you have to email the CEO of Victoria's Secret before you put your signature on something. Good. Yeah. I mean, I guess I would assume being mayor is a paid position that seems like, if you don't mind people 
But if you live there, you've got to know that the mayor is like functionally useless. Because here's the thing. The town did exist before he bought it. Like he did not create it wholesale, but it was like, you know, it was like pig farms or something. And so what he did, he just bought all the land. He just bought everybody out and then started building things. And then like, like the population of this town has like octupled in the last like 15 years since he, since he started this project. Um, well, cause it went yeah, from it's one person wild. to eight people. I, I mean, yeah, pre- presumably something like that. No, there's a few more than that, but, um, no, that is, that is a wild story. Yeah. I just love the idea that you're just like, you know, some people want to scale Mount Everest and some people want to like drive race cars and some people just, just get like real into municipal planning. Dude, it's, I, I wonder if he's one of those dudes that like had a model train in his basement and is like, I don't have enough space to like really get what to I really want out of it. this experience. Man, I, listen, I want to be honest. Model trains make me nervous, Matt. Because like, I, I think I kind of get it. Because you can see the trap. You can see it looming. Like I can a little bit. Like if you just see like, oh, I've got all model train in my basement. It's like, oh, whatever. And then you see people who are like really into it. And they've built like this entire countryside diorama. And it's actually really impressive. I'm like, ooh, no, I get it. I could see where that would actually be very, very fun. So this is why you're not um, allowed to fin- refinish your basement. Because right it's, now you would not want to put a model train set down there. But if you made it nice down there, that would be like a perfect huge area to do it. That would be. It would be great. Um, anyways, Matt. So who knows? I'm 36. I still got time to build a giant fashion empire. Um, <laughs> what? And then I can really indulge my love. My nascent love of model trains. What, <laughs> <laughs> Matt, is our third star of the week. Dave, it's Conan time. Time for me to talk to you. As it is every so often. And the listeners about how much I and you and all everyone should love Conan the Barbarian. Uh, he's great. His world is wonderful and horrible. Uh, but Dave... Yeah, like wonderful to read about. Yeah. You wouldn't want to live there. There is a... Not even would want to visit. This is not like a nice to visit. Wouldn't want to live there. No, 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 no. Wouldn't want to visit. Wouldn't want to see it with a telescope. <laughs> Don't mind reading stories about it. Yeah, yeah. Or a movie, you know. Uh, okay. There is a new Conan the Barbarian RPG tabletop system. Cool. Uh, and I've been poking around on, with the books, and guess what? Looks like it rules. Okay, um, awesome. Because again, you do not play Conan. You play someone else in his world. Uh, it is called Conan in Age Undreamed of, I think. Awesome. Um, and like most, like a lot of cool systems, uh, it has a thing where if you are trying to make a character, you can like you can do it all like manually, or you can just okay. roll a series of dice. And after about a half an hour of rolling dice and writing down the results, it has given you oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. 75% oh, man, of please. a character. Love it. Every time. Every time I will do that. Yeah. So like I It's so much more fun. I just like sat down and did it last night. I was like, oh, I've got like this pirate from Zingara who used to be like a petty noble and then like survived a duel in a war and escaped to like a life of crime on the high seas. But it's cool because when he was a kid, he learned how to do all this when he was like sneaking out from a place where he was being raised that was not his house, but the home of like a political rival of his family. So, and like, and all of that is just straight from the roles I did. 
Dude, that's fantastic. Have we ever talked very briefly about what a bummer it is that the Jason Momoa Conan movie sucked? You know, I never saw it because it did not look great other than like well, the first five minutes where like there's like the little kid Conan, which actually did yeah, look great. Well, that's the problem is, it's, is it did suck. Um, I would, there were a few good moments, but... Oh, anyway, the, the, uh, the two Conan things I want to say. One, movie Conan thing. Um, have we talked about how much I would love to see a King Conan movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger now? Dude, I, Matt, because they, they talked about I wanna, it. I don't want to say too much. You might be in luck. I feel like I've heard some scuttlebutt about that, like coming around. It would be great. Cause the thing is, if you did that, you would not have to like the way that Conan novels are written. They're completely out of order. Like the first like, chronologically within the life of Conan, that is. So, like, the very first Conan-like story, The Mark of the Phoenix, is a story of King Conan, like, you know, in his, like, middle age. But there's so many Conan stories that happened before that. So, if you wanted to, like, just do a movie with King Conan now, you could just get a different dude to play Conan and do, a, like, a Conan the Pirate movie next year. It wouldn't matter. Yeah, it would be fine. No, okay, so here basically was what I've heard is that um like Schwarzenegger really wants to do it. Like he's down, but it is not like you know, right. it is not like for sure for sure. Schwarzenegger says that a script has been written. Okay. Or is being rewritten. Well, I mean, that's, we'll see. that's the sort of thing I heard for years about Bill and Ted 3, and they're actually doing that now. And they are, in fact, doing it. So, yeah. you know, hey. Oh, anyway, the, 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 the last Conan thing I wanted to say about the RPG is that there are a bunch of, like, supplemental books to be like, oh, like, if you want to play, like, in this part of the world, then buy this book. If you want to play, like, this oh, kind sick. of character, play you know, buy this book. But every one of those books, it's not called, like, Adventures in Hyperborea. Like, the one about doing stuff in the north is called Conan the Barbarian. The one about doing stuff, like, along the coast of the continent is called Conan the Pirate. The one about <laughs> doing stuff where you're, like, sneaking around and, like, robbing people and getting, like, different, like, types of prestige classes where you're, like, assassins and spies is called Conan the Thief. Like, everything is just like, listen, this is the Conan game. Like, it is specifically the Conan game. It's not the fantasy game. It's not the weird fantasy game. It's not the, like, swords and sorcery, like, generic fantasy game. Like, this is Conan, and we are putting Conan on every single cover. We've got one that's Conan the Pirate, and one that's Conan the Brigand, and one that's Conan the Thief, and there's three separate books. And do recall, you will never play Conan. Oh, no, and if you see Conan, you should probably run. Oh, yeah, dude. If you, like, there's just no, um, oh, my gosh. I love you don't Conan even want to be on Conan's yeah. team. You want to be, like, on the other side of the world. Right, because nobody, nobody on Conan's team survives except Conan. Like, he kills everybody he fights, and then everybody who sides with him also dies, and then Conan makes it through. Next story. Right. Uh, anyway, Dave, speaking of an age undreamed of, would you like to hear what our fourth star of the week is? I would. Matt, I again, I I could see it written down. I don't really know what it means. Okay. Uh, the, the age I'm dreamed of that I'm referring to is 2008 on the internet. which I, a, a beautiful time. Which I think is maybe, maybe the last time the internet was good. 
a beautiful golden era, man. You know? Uh, yeah. You know, it had its problems, but I feel like it was, that was sort of before everything, like, really jumped off the rails. But I've, mm-hmm. I found, and I, I forget why I was even looking for it, but I found a website. It is a WordPress website. Um, and it is a blog that was created entirely within two weeks in May of 2008. It is called Not Quite What the Doctor Ordered, and it, it is an exhaustive catalog of off-brand Dr. Pepper and off-brand Dr. Pepper names with, like, a brief, um, review and rating. Like, a one out of Perfect. five Dr. Pepper cans. Like, how, how oh my good gosh. is this, like, what, kind like... of Dr. Pepper? What a beautiful, like, a beautiful DNA-laden mosquito preserved in amber. Right. Like, it's like, I, I, I so miss that sort of internet. You you got Dr. Parade. You've got Dr. Nut. You've got Dr. Nehi. Dr. M. Dr. Lin. I'm not going to sit here and read the whole list. Yeah, that's that would be too many. Dr. A+. I like that. Anyway, I love it. I don't have a lot so, to say about it, but it really think, made okay, my so week like, here's better the thing. when I found it. Like, if you are a person... Now, like, listen, I like, obviously everything moves in stages. I'm sure there are people who are, like, older than us that are more... That were much more, like, internet people who were like, no, man, the internet hasn't been good since, like, 1997. Right, since it was all newsrooms. Right. But there was... I, I think here's the big thing. Is that in 2008, like, the internet existed, obviously, and people were, like, doing business on it. And, like, Google was around and stuff, obviously, but, like, nobody had quite, nobody had uh, maybe, like, cracked quite as much of the monetization of the internet as, as there is today. Yeah. So, like, there was a lot more... On the internet of people just be like, I'm going to create an exhaustive catalog of of Dr. Pepper. And not that people aren't doing things like that today. Like, some people have a four-year-long running podcast about Super Sentai. Like, the stuff exists. Sure. You mean heroes? It's Right. It's just that there was a lot less, like... Like, BuzzFeed didn't exist. And that's kind of all I need to say about it, right? Like, BuzzFeed didn't exist. There wasn't, like, an endlessly recycled, like, click circle of clickbait. Right, there wasn't, where, the, like, there wasn't the same sort sites, of turn. Right, where, like, four sites are just endlessly reposting the old, all the same material, like, from each other. Um, anyway, this has been yeah. the white guys in their 30s remember the internet. Um it used to be good, guys. It's not anymore. It used to be so good. Matt, except, except that it brings us to you and you to us, and that's good. See, there's still some, there's still golden, golden spots. Matt, what is our fifth star of the week? Dave, I had to take a sort of last minute work trip down to Columbus this week. What a Columbus okay. talk! Um, this episode, I'm like, I just had to like go to a library thing. As, as I mentioned, I go to library conferences. Um, and I had to go to one in Columbus, and the place where I was staying was, like, down the road from the Ikea. Okay. And so... Oh, man. You lucked out. Yeah. So... Ikea's the best. So I... We've talked about this. I, I was leaving the conference, 
It was like 4 p.m. And I thought like, man, if I leave now, this is like a weird time to be on the road. I'm either going to get mm-hmm. like traffic leaving Columbus or traffic leaving or traffic entering Cleveland. But if I just like hang out here for a while, I can go home and basically miss all traffic. Yeah, although I don't know why, because traffic, did you did you hit like weirdly heavy traffic coming out of Columbus heading north? Uh, no, because I went immediately to the Ikea. Okay, well, no, no, no. I've just discovered there does not seem to be a time at all ever where I can head north out of Columbus and not hit bonkers traffic. Anyways, tell me about Ikea, Matt. Dave, it was great. Ikea by myself, just listening to podcasts and wandering through like every single like bit. You know, just spending like, oh like the full two hours in Ikea by yourself. And like, I didn't get much. I got a, I got, right. I got a new desk lamp. You don't need to. I got a new cutting board. And I got a third thing that I do not recall immediately, but I think it's something in my kitchen. Uh, Ikea is the best. It's great. I said, it's so chill. I got some meatballs. I got some lingonberry juice. I love the meatballs. Uh, Dave, I love the lingon. Here's, here's, the, here's the weirdest part about my time at the Ikea last week. Please. When you think about the music that plays at Ikea, what do you think you're going to hear? I guess I don't really think about the music. Uh, if I recall, it's just sort of like like serious FM, inoffensive rock music. Mm, mm, mm. Interesting, interesting. So what you're saying is that you would not have expected to hear um, the Christian summer camp jam of the 90s, A Friend's A Friend Forever by Michael W. Smith? Because I'll tell you what. I would not have expected to hear when that. When I was at Ikea last week, that is 100% something that was on the radio. It was wild. It was maybe the first time I had heard that song, like, out in the wild. Maybe ever, but certainly in the last 20 years. That's... I'm genuinely not sure what to do with that information, man. I mean, neither am I. The, the only thing that I knew I had to do with that information was talk about it right now on this episode. I just, yeah. Guys, if you, huh. if you don't know Michael W. Smith, uh, he was a, I think he's probably still active, like a sort of, I don't know, singer, songwriter, heartthrob of like contemporary Christian music in the mid-90s. Do you think that's a, 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 a way that you can describe him? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's fair. Anyway, not the sort of thing you expect okay. to hear on the radio in 2019. Yeah, definitely. It's the sort of thing you definitely expect to hear not. like on stage at the Billy Graham crusade. Yes, I th- I think I may have. In I'm pretty fact. sure we did. Yeah, I, we yeah we may well have. Listen, if we haven't, I just want to take another minute to talk about IKEA very briefly. Oh yeah, I'm sorry that sort of went off the rails. And frankly, we've been going on these stars for a while now. We could probably wrap it up. Listen, if I haven't said this already, and I may well have said it, if you are a person who is moving out on your own, or you're getting married or something, don't don't register for, for places, okay? Because here's what's going to happen. You're going to register for stuff. You're going to register for like, no, register for like a, a couple of like nice things, right? And then after that, don't register for stuff. Because that's what's going to happen. 
You're going to register for stuff. And you'll be like, oh, we will register if you're getting married. We will register for all of the things we would need to like put this house together. Great. But you're not going to get all that stuff. People are going to be very nice. And they're going to buy you some of the stuff. But you're not going to get all of it. Just because like that's how life works. It's fine. And the, but you're going to need to fill in the gaps. And you're going to fill in the gaps with leftovers from like other people's houses. Probably your mom and dad's. Which again, super cool. Lego is very nice to have those things. But what you should do instead, what you should do instead is just ask everybody to get you Ikea gift cards. Okay? It won't be as fun to open. I recognize that. Your fun will be when you go to Ikea because you will, you can pick out an entire house, an entire, like an entire starter apartment, and it'll be like five five $4,000 or something. It's insane. You can get everything in Ikea. We went and got new dishes and we were like, these weren't the color we wanted, but we'll get them because we do kind of like them. And then we went back another time and we were like, oh, they have the color we wanted originally. Should we return the ones we got first? And then we said, no, it's a full set of dishes for $36. Who cares? Just keep it. It's amazing. Anyway, this this has been uh, apparently a paid ad for Ikea, which I was not expecting to end the five stars with. Yeah, well, sorry, Matt. Listen, it's just... It's just such a pleasant shopping experience. <laughs> it is. You know, people... I, I feel like it is if you're on the same wavelength as the person you're there with, because otherwise, it is a dangerous Oh, yeah, otherwise, experience. it would be a nightmare. Oh, yeah, it would be terrible. Speaking of nightmares, because, like, Dave, the, there's a monster in this episode that we're about to watch. And we should talk about it. We should. The five stars have been going for over a half an hour. We, we need to pull the plug on this. Okay. Let's talk about this crazy monster. Okay, uh, we're going to take a break. We are going to watch episode 19. It's called The Hit and Run Girl of Love. Its original air date was July 5th, 2000, or, I'm sorry, 1996. Uh, it was written by Naruhisa Arakawa, which is not one of our normal writers, although apparently he has written and will write some more episodes this season. Um, and we'll be right back. All right, welcome back. We have just finished watching episode 19. And Dave, I love the title of this episode, Now That I Know What It's About. Yes. Because the name of this episode is the Hit and Run Girl of Love. Um, hit and Run is a thing that you can talk about when your show is car-themed. But hitting and running are also two things that happen in baseball, which is what this episode is about. It's really good. Yes, I was fully not expecting a baseball episode uh, out of this, and I do dig it quite a bit. I do think I keep wanting the monsters to be more car themed, and so, and like what keeps throwing me off is that like sometimes we do get a sort of distinctly car themed monster, and then sometimes they're just like eh, baseball. He doesn't even drive a car. Forget it. Yeah, the Bozoke are not particularly, you know, like, they are themed along the lines of, like, a, like, Japanese punk gang, not so much, like, cars specifically, which is fine. They're more, they're more into being reckless than they are into driving at this point. Although yes. both parts are yeah, I think reckless with their, their image, character. reckless with their whole sort of, right, with their whole sort of vibe, perhaps. Anyway, so th this episode opens up, and Zanette is clearly having a, a, a daydream or a dream. We know this because there is a hazy filter on the screen, and she is standing in a field, 
wearing her like crazy villain headdress, but also just wearing like, you know, like nice regular clothes. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. She's holding a love letter and she is wistfully speaking to herself about the Red Racer. Yes. And then somebody approaches. And you do not, you see they're a boy, and they're also in a school uniform, and you do not see their head, so guaranteed it's just the Red Racer. And he, like, sort of slowly approaches, and she she holds out this note, and she says, this is for you. And then we see that it is, in fact, the Red Racer in a school uniform. But he does not accept the love letter. He puts his, he doesn't put his fingers in his ears because he's wearing a helmet. <laughs> he does, like... He does like wiggle his hands at her. It's like, I don't like you, dumbass. And then she wakes up. Uh, she wakes up. We real we find that she has fallen asleep reading manga at the bar. I am fairly certain it's the same manga from like a few episodes ago. Yes, I believe I think that she it just, is. She just grabbed that one and is like, this one book that I found randomly is the human Bible of emotions. And like, this is how all things work. I'm so glad I found it my first try. Uh, also, falling asleep reading manga at the bar, I feel like is a big mood. Uh, not necessarily for me, but I like that is definitely one of those things that I feel like I could get some mileage out of on the internet. <laughs> uh, so she um, she gets up and she wanders over to a window and she shouts like towards the direction of the earth that she was. Well, there's mad. like a viewing window. Yeah. We've talked, I don't know if we've mentioned this before. There's a one viewing window. Apparently it's in um, locked, or the Barabarian is in like locked orbit because this window is always facing Earth. Mm-hmm. And so whenever she is like pining and or angry, she looks out this window and she looks down at, looks down at the Earth. Right. She, want, she wants Red Racer to get out of her dreams, but interestingly, does not want her, not into, not her, into car. her car. Um. <laughs> Although that would be very appropriate for yes. hopefully at some point he will get into her car or she'll get into his. But yeah, so she's angry um, at the dream. Uh, we cut down to uh, Kyosuke, who is also dreaming. He is still at the fabulous hotel Epinard Masu because uh, apparently they're still uh, down at their company vacation at the Rindo Lake family farm. Sorry, I laughed really hard because this is 100% a thing that that does happen like i am in a very happy loving relationship with my wife and she has not like a lot but and she has woken up and not like continued to be angry but like has woken up with me like upset in real life about something that happened in a dream that she had and like she recognizes that that is irrational but she, it does t- like She's cranky about it for a little while. And I hit, this is a universal experience, so please don't make it sound like I'm, I'm digging on my oh, wife. Oh, no, I mean, hey, listen, um, if, I, if I have a weird dream where, like, I have... For whom I have the highest esteem. Where, like, I have to go back to high school because they've changed the graduating requirements, and it turns out now there's, like, an Algebra 3 that I have to complete so that my diploma can stay active. Like, I, I wake up feeling weird about school, regardless of whether or not, like, it was actually yeah. true. Matt, that is a wildly specific dream. Uh, and yeah, I think it's, it is not an uncommon one. Okay, so anyways. Um, so it's funny. It's a thing that happens in real life. <laughs> uh, uh, hey. Kyosuke is asleep in the hotel. He is sharing a room with uh, Minoru, uh, Naoki, and also Dapu, 
Yeah. I did not realize that they were at a hotel because remember, I didn't watch the last oh, episode. Right. And so I was like, do these guys all just share one apartment? That seems weird. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize they were in a hotel. And he is dreaming of Zanette, as we said. Yeah. And the next day, he's so, like still thinking of Zanette. Like they're at the park, and he is just like sitting by himself at a table, like sort of looking wistfully into the distance and thinking about yeah. her. Oh, so wait, there's a bit that you missed, Matt. Um, oh, so we're right, on Barbarian. Right, right. So we go to Barbarian, and basically all of the evil guys are like, Beauty Zanette is really bummed out recently. Like, we don't know what to do. Like, she's really sad about something. We we just have to blow up the Ursh. Like, we got to get on it, guys. Everybody loves Zanette. She wants the Earth exploded. We, we got to make this happen. So, um, Instructor Reggie Hiker's like, it's cool. I've got a plan. I got my best guy on it. My my best guy is on it. He's down on Ursh already. He's getting in some fresh air training. And he is going to he's gonna he's gonna blow up the whole planet. It's gonna be awesome. So we go down to and Zanette says, oh, fresh air, it must be right. like this somehow signals to there her. There is only one so, place on earth where you can really enjoy some fresh air, and it's the fabulous Rindo Lake family farm. Which has apparently a small they have some Swiss people. Just on on display. Just on retainer. Got them there. They're playing some... They're just playing some, like, a Koompa music. Yeah, and one of them has a big Swiss flag, so that you know, like, which specifically, which sort of, like, Germanic country they're from. It is always so, like, jarring to me when I see a bunch of white people in a Sentai. It, it really threw me off for a second, but um, but there you go. There are, I have read all sorts of crazy stories about um, being white, specifically in China, where like they will hire people to just come and like pose as businessmen. Like, like you're going to be on the payroll for our company and just sit in front of a presentation because, like, having a white dude there makes it look more official. People will be very... You, know, like, you don't have to say anything. Just be there and be white, and it'll be official. That is deeply um, broken, I feel like, on four different levels. But I d- yeah, do not have time to... Yeah, I read to, it, and I was like, that's wild. Do not have time to also unpack all that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so they've just got some Swiss people on, like, on like zoo display. It's cool and fun. They're playing Oompa music. And now we're back. We see Kiyosuke, and he's, like, having a coffee. And he's looking sort of pensive. And Natsumi walks up, and she smacks him in the head, and he's she's like, "What? What are you? What's what's going on? What are you why doing? Are you, why are you sitting here trying to look cool? What's happening here?" And he's like, "I wasn't trying to look cool. I was just I was thinking. I was thinking about Zanette and how sad she is. I feel real bad about it." And then he's like, "Oh wait, just kidding. Ha!" Right? Like he, I, he, he wasn't for- actually considering another being and her feelings. Yeah, like he forgot would for be a moment girls. that he was like supposed to try to be tough. And then immediately it's like, oh, not only am I going to tell you that was a lie, I am going to literally start strangling you so that you don't tell anyone. Well, no, no. Natsumi's like, no, 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 you're being sensitive. And he's like, no, I wasn't. And then he starts attacking her. How could I ever be sensitive? Um, the the physical, like, like Three Stooges-esque like, slapstick back and forth between the characters in this episode is, I think, maybe the most... T- like the most extreme example of this show feeling like a live action anime. 
Like, that is definitely something that would have happened in, like, a Ranma one half, you know? Yeah, and then she, like, you know, like, the head would have gotten real big, and then the arms would have wiggled back and forth real fast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, she runs away, and he's chasing her, and they run into everybody else, and they're like, dude, Minoru is like, okay, whatever's the problem, can we just chill out? We're at the Rinda Lake Family Fun Farm. Oh, uh, yeah, Mi- Minoru, We're family. Minoru definitely time does fun. the same thing that I would do, where if, like, two of my friends were like kind of in a fight and they got over to me, I'd be like, no time for that. It is time for fun. We're at a thing. Stop arguing. Now we need to go on this ride. Uh, which is exactly, well, they're about to. And then Kyosuke hears something. He's like, what is that? And then they duck. He because everybody to duck. And then a baseball flies past super, super fast. And then it bounces off like a, a, a target in the woods with the ranger's face on it and then it bounces directly back and they have to duck again and then we see this week's monster yes his name is HHDO and he is a he's a baseball monster he's a ter- he's a terrible baseball man is what he Here's is. Here's the problem with HHD. Not like a baseball, like a man who plays baseball. He is a baseball. He's a wear baseball. Yeah, basically. he's a half man, half baseball. Here's the problem with HHDO, is that his torso, you know, he's got one of like those torsos where the head's in the middle of the torso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's a baseball. He's a baseball with arms and legs, but the problem is it's not round. It's like it's like egg shaped. Yeah, he's like an oval. It's really bad. Like, it's the whole time I'm just looking at it thinking, like, if you were round, this would be a great like, it monster would be shape. Fine. And yet, you have, you have, you're assaulting my senses by making me see an oblong baseball, and I don't like it. He's got giant yeah, articulated um, also eyebrows. He has, he's got a very weird, uh, hmm. He, uh, how to say his face? I mean, it's bad. We can say that. It's bad. He has big red eyes that sometimes glow. And like, we can tell, I can tell that at this point we've watched a few episodes of this show and that the technology is advancing because the articulation on the face of HHDO is something that we would have never seen in Jetman. Oh yeah, definitely. Like his eyebrows are like fully articulated, like go up and down and back and forth. Like they're very animated. His eyelids are also that way, and it doesn't look awful. I mean, it looks awful because he's a hideous monster, but like the the movement of them looks like good and smooth. Yeah, like it's a good piece of yeah. No, they did a good job with that. So okay, so H H D O. He is, yeah, he is a terrible baseball monster. Um, I was really hoping we were going to get a, like, an episode in which, like, the Rangers have to play a game of baseball against, like, a team of Wumpers as led by HHDO. Um, That's not it. We go to Barabarian and we get the explanation real quickly, which is that HHDO has an exploding baseball. Yes. And that's it. That's the whole plan. Right, uh, Richie Hiker is very pleased with his plan. Everyone else got like, like Richie Hiker started saying his plan. It's like I sent down HHDO. Everyone's very into it. He's got an exploding baseball. Everyone's into it. He's going to use that baseball to explode the city. Everyone's into it. And then he says, "That's the plan." And everyone really expected there to be at least two more steps to this plan. 
Like, President Gynamo really, was like, wait, hold on. Like, I think this actually speaks to why Instructor Richie Hiker is like a next level villain. He's like, what? Why do you need more? He has an exploding baseball. Explode the city. This doesn't need to be complicated. So we go down from there and we see Zonet and Red Racer. And everybody else is there, but as far as they're concerned, they're the only two people in the world, and they're looking across each other, and we hear some piano music, Oh yeah, the, and the, the camera's gone. The, the, yeah, it gets all hazy like it does. Yeah, the camera's gone all fuzzy. And, and like, they, they walk up, and, and, oh, no, 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 I'm skipping a part. That's right. They're about to walk up, and then Zanat steps on a flower. So, like, clearly, she's not here for love. Um, she's here for exploding baseball. She's here for exploding baseball. Okay, so HHDO is like, get ready, jerks, here it comes. And he, he throws a he throws a ball. And uh, Blue steps up, Blue Racer, and is like, I will be the baseball guy. So he gets out his Vibrade, which is awesome. And, uh, and he's going to bat it. And he's about to. It looks like he's about to hit it. But the ball curves. Sinker. It's a sinker. It's tech. It's specifically. It's a fork ball. Yes, is what it's called. I don't know what that means, uh, but it's a special. It's a special pitch, I, and it like loops around his his bat and explodes. I I, I do know they because at this point, uh, Red Racer says even the god of the fork ball, Shigeru uh, Sugashita. I think I yeah something like that. Um, Sugashita. Uh, yeah. Shigeru Sugashita. Uh, he would be impressed. He was born September 17th in 1925 in Tokyo Prefecture. I looked him I up. I also looked him up. Yeah, I was like, like, this must be a real guy. That guy retired from baseball in like 1966, and he is being name-dropped on this episode, which I, I, I find very charming. Dude, he's the god of the forkball. That's what that's what Kiyosuke says. So, um, HHDO starts throwing a bunch of more balls like at them, and people are trying to hit them but the the fork ball is too strong yeah they can't get and Kiyosuki yells he's like keep your eye he's like keep your eye on the ball which is like, isn't that like I mean I'm not a bell player but isn't it like baseball 101 it's like keep your eye on the ball I, I mean I'm also not a baseball player but it seems I mean it's good advice yeah so anyways so Kiyosuke find like a, like after a couple explosions Kiyosuke gets one like he manages to hit the ball back and uh and it explodes, and HHDO goes down for a second, and then Zanet intervenes, and she's just in her car, and she drops her knockout bucket attack, which is she throws buckets at right. you. Right, she just has like pots and pans in her car, in her flying car, and just drops them on Kiyosuke's head, and like they're not an effective attack, but I mean it's effective in that they don't kill HHDO. Oh, that's yet. true. It's again, so, I feel like this is one of those things that is very like live action anime. Yeah. So she jumps down out of her flying car, and now it's just Red and Zonette again. And she says, this is what you get for dumping me. And Red Racer's like, what? what? Because first of all, of course, they weren't dating. And then he says, I wanted to be your friend first before we started dating. And she says, that's a lie. And he's, they're like right next to each other. They're like inches yeah. away. And like HHDO and is standing she, a little bit away, and the other four Rangers are also standing back. Like, man, I wonder how this is going to play out. I, dude, I love the degree to which the other Razors seem perfectly content to let all of this just sort of play out on its own. So she says, "That's a lie. You didn't." And he says, "No, it's not a lie." And then she says, "Well, it's too late. 
I don't want to be your girlfriend or or friends with you. And he says, well, we're still going to beat this monster. And she says, well, if you beat the monster, maybe I'll consider being friends with you. (laughs) This is how all relationships go start, right? Listen, this is is literally, I can't emphasize how true this is. This is literally the exact exchange Beth and I had (laughs) before I proposed. Um, so then they just mug at each other for a second and Zonette, (laughs) Zonette walks over to HHDO and she says, HHDO, like kill these fools. And she gives him a kiss and HHDO is like, what? A kiss? I'm so stoked. I'm a Phoenix rising from the ashes. That part's a quote. Like I'm going to do it. It's fast. It's furious fastball time. Uh, he just keeps throwing these like insanely fast fastballs, and the way that they do it is like on his windup. It's the 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 film is being processed normally, but on the pitch they like speed up the film, and so it just moves like impossibly fast. Yeah, it's great. So all the Rangers go down, and then Zonet does feel bad. Uh, so she she like runs because of course she does in fact secretly love Red Racer. So she runs over to to HHGO. She's like, um, you uh, stop to he's like, why I'm about to kill these guys? And she says, uh, too many pitches, man. Too many pitches. You're gonna hurt your shoulder. You're gonna throw your shoulder out. You gotta take a break. And he's like, oh man, it's a really good point. It's a really good point. I had not th- I had not thought about that. Good good looking out, Zanet. And they just leave. <laughs> so okay, the the next scene. Zanet is in a field, and wait, you okay? Not quite. Okay, there, there is a the brief part. scene of HHDO on a train, really excited to be on a train, resting his shoulder. Yup, he is just on the park tram, like taking a tour around Rendell Lake Family Fun Park. So we go to a field, and Zanet is like sitting in the field, wistfully thinking about the Red Racer, and she's got a flower, and she's doing like the "He loves me, he loves me not" thing while she's pulling petals off the flower, but she's not exactly saying that she's saying the red razor lucid loses the red racer loses not like she is trying yeah. to use this to determine whether or not the red racer will be able to defeat hhdo and like convince her to maybe be his friend but she gets to the very last one and it is a it's a red racer loses and she just throws it away yeah she doesn't want him to like lose. she doesn't she doesn't pluck the petal, but then she's like, "Why do I even care? I don't like I don't want him. This is stupid. Emotions. Suck. This is all dumb. Red racers are and dork. red racers the worst. Yeah. So we go from there, and the rangers are all doing um, batting practice with. Dopu. Well, I mean, it's batting practice, except that there are no balls being thrown to them. They're just standing in the woods with baseball bats, swinging them wildly. Yeah, that's how you get good at baseball. I mean, apparently. Um, listen, Matt, as far as I know, that's how you get good at baseball. Uh, so, Dave, this is the first time that you've seen Dapu in his street clothes. What do you think? Uh, man, I'll be honest. There's a way in which it's better, and there's a way in which it's a lot, lot worse. Yep. So, and I don't know that I could articulate what those ways are, but I'm I'm sure that the thing that I just said is true. So he explains, he says, listen... When you hit the ball, it explodes 0.001 seconds later. So what you need to do is hit the ball back faster than that 
so it doesn't explode with you like in the blast radius. So, oh, I do, side note, so Yuko says, well, we can't possibly hit a ball in point zero 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 one seconds. That's the invisible swing, and there's no way we can do it. I did check with Mark, but with producer Mark, who is my uh, source for baseball knowledge, he says, as far as he knows, the invisible swing is, swing is not a thing, which I think we all knew. I just wanted to confirm that it wasn't. I appreciate and that you doing they the are all, on that. Yeah, they are all definitely talking about it as though, like, this is a known thing that everybody knows exists and that could be done if only you were good enough, but no one is that good. I also want to say, side note, that uh, everybody else is finally color-coded appropriately, except Kiyosuke, who is wearing a Georgia Tech warm-up outfit. Yeah, full, like, zip-up, like, starter, not starter jacket, um, yeah, like, warm-up clothes. It's wild. Like, I honestly was just furious, because... Everybody else was finally, like, in in colors. For, for a moment, I thought... And Kyosuke is normally in colors. Yeah, for, and this the, time for a moment, I thought that um, Minoru was not in the right color, but that's only because this is the first time I've ever seen him wear green. Right. And it just threw yeah, me yeah. off. Um, okay, so anyways, they're like... So... Then they hear an explosion, and uh, they're like, we, we got to get over there. Kiyosuke's like, you guys go handle it. I am going to stay right. here. Keep them busy. Like, I'm going to master this. I'm going to master. I, I, like, give me another like two minutes, and I will have mastered the invisible swing. You've got to keep them busy, because HHDO just threw a fastball and blew up a mountain. Yeah. So here's what we find out, is that... Um, his pitch is super fast now. He's like, oh man, my shoulder's all rested. We go back to HHDO. He's like, oh man, my shoulder's all rested up. This is great. Except now my pitch is out of control. Like it's too power. Like now that I'm rested, I'm too powerful. I'm too strong. Right. So I can't aim it right. Right. And maybe he just, so you know, just needs to get warmed up again. Yeah. So we go back and uh, Kiyosuke is just swinging the bat in the woods, which again is how you get good at baseball. And uh, he's just doing some real intense stares. And he's like, Zanet, I will win this fight. Right. Uh, Dapu, <laughs> Dapu tells him that he has to believe in the car magic. And Kiyosuke says, I do believe in the car magic. And also, and then he has another flashback to thinking about Zanet crying. He's like, I believe in car magic. And I believe in Zanet's tears. And both of those things together mean that I'm going to learn the invisible swing. Yes, and then he does. And when and, he does and it when immediately, he, does, he like grips the bat super hard. He swings so hard that he goes into like a cyclone motion. And when the cyclone yep. has cleared, he has henchened into the red racer. It rules, Dave. Okay, did you notice? Not he is not the only thing that henchens, Matt. Oh yes, because his bat also henchens. He was holding a regular bat, and now he's got like a gleaming red metallic bat. It's the best thing I've seen maybe in this entire show. I love it a lot. So so now we see the other Rangers uh, encountering HHDO, and they're like, kids all over the world love baseball. How dare you use it for destruction? Which is like a weird thing. To, like, 
kids all over the world love all sorts of stuff. Yeah, but like cars. this this moment felt very like Sailor Moon to me. Like I think it's even like mm. especially season one Sailor Moon. If there was a monster who was doing something, Sailor Moon would say like. You know, little girls everywhere love fashion. How dare you use fashion to make them sad? I won't forgive you. And then, like, Matt, it is exactly be... this. Can I tell you something, what? Matt? I've never seen Sailor Moon. Uh, I've seen a few episodes. Uh, so, anyways, so um, so now are our. Sorry, there was a brief fight before, and now the, all the Rangers are there, and and Red Racer is there as well with Ascension Bat, and he is like. All right, HHDO, like give it to me. Let's do this. Everybody else just stands aside. The other Rangers are like, "Oh man, this is so exciting!" Like Red races up. He's gonna crush it. He must have mastered the invisible swing. And HHDO is like, "No, don't challenge me. If a, if a batter challenges me, I must respond. <laughs> like I have to do this. I can't just blow you up. Like I have to actually pitch my my best baseball." So he calls it for the fences. Like, he Babe Ruth just sort of, like, points his bat out. It's awesome. He does a very excellent pose. Um, Zanette is watching, H-H- like, from behind a tree. And he says, watch this, Zanette. Um, HHDO pitches. He hits it. There's, like, some very cool animation. An excellent pose um, from Red Racer. And he knocks the ball not only to the fences, but into orbit. Yes. Where it explodes. And it explodes um, in orbit. And we know that it explodes 0.001 second after being hit. Which means that he hit it so hard that it went from, like, Earth to orbit in 0.0001 second. That's some good baseball. Okay, Matt, just real quickly. Uh, he did hit that baseball at 12.4 million miles an hour. Nice. Okay. Nice quick yeah. Matt there. Yeah, sure. Um, hey man, he's very, he, he got the invisible swing. He's, it's incredible. I can't believe he did it. So, um, at, at this point, HHDO knows that he is like, he can't win just by throwing baseballs at them anymore because right. so he's like, is too strong. His batting is too powerful. Right. So, uh, so he downed some Yimu Yokan. Uh, it seems like they're going to do some giant baseball. <laughs> <laughs> they summon RV Robo, of course. It seems like they're gonna giant do giant baseball. Uh the Rangers are like, nope, and they just launch into their their like whirling spinning attack. Um he does get off a move called closing vo- cloning voodoo sliders. So he throws like a whole bunch of balls all at once. Uh but they like while they're spinning, just hit them all back. I do like and that they a lot. All, yeah, then they just explode them all over HHDO, who then who then also gets exploded, but then also cut, and then he dies. Uh, and that's it. That's so it that's for that. HHDO, the hideous baseball freak. Um, yeah. We, we cut to after the fight, and they're all packing up the van uh, because the Pegasus Company vacation is over. So they're shoving all their uh, their luggage into the trunk and also shoving Dapu into the trunk like underneath the suitcases. Because the, yeah. the boss is in the car and his son, and they don't want them to see their like hideous alien friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then they just sort of drive away. Uh, Kiyosuke's driving. He's looking. He's looking very pensive because Zanet did not just like come over and be like, oh, "Okay, well, I guess we'll be friends," even though he did win. Um, yeah. We so we see him being wistful. We see her being wistful. 
And then the sun is going down and they're both sort of like gazing into the sunset. And then she gets furious at the sunset because it is too red and is reminding her of Red yep. Racer. And, uh, and then that is, that's it for this episode. But Matt, that's not it for our episode. No, Dave, because first we need to determine where HHDO lands in the creature Royale. Dave, how do you feel about HHDO? I, I think okay. he's a pretty decent monster. He's a pretty decent monster. I like his vibe. He is very weird looking, which I don't love. But I like that he's a baseball monster. Um, he's got a fun hook. I really like that he is compelled to pitch. That really... If Kyosuke challenges his... That really yeah. does a lot for me. Um, he is not... Okay, so here's what I'll say. He is not in like my top... Like my top, uh, you know, like 25 or anything. Okay. He doesn't have the pathos, I know, but okay, let's to, to make it that high. Let's compare him. But he's pretty cool. Let's compare him to another sports monster. Uh, we got uh, at number ninety-eight is Purse Monk, who, of course, as we know, has the sickest dunks. Yes. Now Ooh, I, I have a great fondness for Purse Monk because he was in like the second episode of this show. I okay, yeah, objectively. I think I might like HHD. Okay, I'm trying to think of other sport monsters that we can compare. Well, okay, here's the. I thought about this. Here's the problem: is the only other real sports-oriented monsters were the Three Stooges. Well, and also the football centipede. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I like him better than the football centipede. Even though the football centipede was also a magic Santa Claus. Okay, that is really true. Where, where uh, I is think... that guy on our list right now? Omukade. Omukade is at number 47 on the list right now. Okay. Uh, he is right below uh, Binbogami, and he is right above Bar Crusher. Okay, so here's the thing. I think HHDO is also rolling in on a very strong episode because he's part of the Red Racer Zonnet like dynamic. Yes. Um which I think kind of gives him the same sort of boost that Omukade got from also being part of like a magical Santa village. Mm-hmm. In okay, I like HHDO better than I like Omukade. Okay. But that that magical Santa village in the episode was huge. So I think when I... And then as I'm looking around, like Saragami the Ninja Monkey is right up there. And then we're up into like Evil Mastermind Genius Kuroda um, and LL Nene the Driving Madness at spot number 45. So I think I would say... And then just below Omukade's Bara Crusher, Bara Brain, the Light Armadillo, um, Kame Itachi the Sickle Weasel, Karis the Zookeeper. Okay. Here's what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say below. No, I think I, I might. No, I don't like him quite as much as Kamei Tachi the Sickle Weasel, but I like him better than Karis the Zookeeper. I'll uh, say that. Man, I really liked Karis the Zookeeper. I think. Okay, okay. I really liked the character of Karis the Zookeeper. Karis the Zookeeper's That's monster form was bad. Yeah, and also she did not like. I really liked the idea of her, but I'd, I'd go one down. Because I think I do like him better than... Ah, oh, the Shooting Doji Brothers are cool. Now, nah, the Shooting Doji Brothers are the, mostly there on potential. Yeah, and honestly, so is Karis. Like, if Karis had been in okay. more than two episodes, I think she could have been, like, 
a really cool recurring villain. But since she was only okay. in a two-parter, I, I would feel comfortable putting HHDO above her. Okay, so there he goes. Just below Kamitachi the Sickle Weasel, Sickle Weasel at spot number 56. That is a pretty good showing for HHDO. But that, Dave, now... It sure That is. finally does bring us to the end of another episode of License to Car Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all that you can email the show at supersentaibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we are talking about on Twitter, we are at supersentaibros. If you like the show, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, wherever it is that you find the show. It's just a nice thing to do. Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. To listen to any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can do that all at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth.